worship class of the college is leading out today, and um, we're excited about what they put together uh, for our chapel uh, time uh, of worship. Um, our speaker today is Dr. Calvin Morris, and he probably doesn't need a much introduction to you, but I wanted to introduce him all the same, um, and actually wanted to just share a little of his biographical information um, that he has sent to me some time ago. Uh, in 1983, uh, the Lord called Calvin to train pastors on the mission field. Um, so uh, the Morris family returned to seminary to prepare uh, to do that, to meet the Foreign Mission Board's requirements for appointment. Um, they were appointed by the Foreign Mission Board in 1988 to serve in theological education in Venezuela. Uh, so after language school, um, that's where they moved to. And Calvin served as the director of the Baptist Bible Institute in Maracaibo, Maracaibo, Maracaibo uh, for seven years. Uh, and then actually, the entire family became involved in church planting efforts among the Yukpa, an unreached people group located in the mountains that formed the western border between Venezuela and Colombia. Um, they have two grown children now and two grandchildren, I believe, as well. Um, in 2004... Um, the Morrises moved to Santiago, Chile, uh, where uh, they served together as trainers for the South America region until 2009. They continued to, to serve in Santiago um, as the theological education strategist for the Americas uh, from that year onward. Uh, Calvin served as adjunct professor of missiology and biblical studies and taught in places like Colombia, Uruguay, Venezuela, and did conferences in many, many places. Um, I actually met Calvin in uh, November of 2015 at a conference in Atlanta. Uh, Susan had met him already in doctoral studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Um, but after meeting him, uh, a month later, I wrote the two of them an email and invited them to come and serve as, uh, as missionaries in residence uh, here on our campus. Um, as you might well know, um, this is the fourth time they've been to our campus to teach, the third full semester of teaching at Canadian Southern Baptist College and Seminary. And so uh, they have endeared themselves to us, and we are so grateful that God has brought them to here, and we are grateful to hear what God has put on his heart and what their uh, team is going to do in leading us in worship. So if you would, I'd like to pray for them as we start this morning. Father, thank you so much for the Morrises. Um, for what you have done in and through their lives through years and years of faithful service. Thank you, Father, for how you intersected their lives with ours and how you have brought them in and uh, endeared them to our hearts and embedded them in our community. Uh, Father, I pray for Calvin today as he leads this team and as he speaks uh, what you have placed on his heart. May we have open hearts uh, to, to hear from you, open eyes to see what you would teach us <clears throat> and hearts to respond in faithful surrender. And this is our prayer today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're the worship leadership class. We've been at work in these past weeks preparing for this worship experience with our worshiping community. And our prayer is, is that the Lord will meet each one of us in a very special way today through scripture, through song, through reflections and prayers. Psalm 139 is going to guide us through this time of worship. 
It is our guide this morning. The psalm is intensely personal. Intensely personal. I went through and marked in my New American Standard translation. I found 73 times in 24 verses where it was said you or me or mine or I. I mean, those, those first and second person pronouns. Went back and looked at the Hebrew, including the personal endings, 85 times. It's you and me. So intensely personal is a fitting description of Psalm 139. And our prayer is that the psalm will lead us to an intensely personal encounter with the one who loves us beyond anything that we can imagine. So let's ask the Spirit of God to make his word alive for us this morning. Let's pray. Father, we do just come to you this morning and we do just praise you for your word and here we are father as worshipers and, and worship leaders and, and listeners father just take your word and speak to our hearts and we we do just praise you our our almighty god who loves us more than we can imagine we praise you father in jesus name amen psalm 139 verses 1 to 6 lord you have searched me and known me you know when i sit down and when i stand up you understand my thoughts from far away. You observe my travels and my rest. You are aware of all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. You have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. This extraordinary knowledge is beyond me. It is lofty, and I am unable to reach it. These first six verses demonstrate to us that God knows everything. He knows everything about me. He knows my movements. He knows my habits, my thoughts, my words, even before they come out. He knows it all. And in spite of that, he still loves me and cares about me. It's amazing. And it's the same is true for you. The, same, the very same thing is true of you. How is it possible that he could love so deeply and care so much for folks like us? And now we are going to sing a song titled, Who Am I? by Casting Crowns. Many of you may be familiar, so I'd ask that you stand and join us and think about the words of the song where it says, Who am I that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name and would care to hear my hurt? Oh. 
how is it possible that you, the eternal God, creator and sustainer of all that exists, has existed or ever will exist, can care so intimately about a short-sighted, short-lived creature like me. Your omniscience is amazing, but your love is even more amazing, incomprehensible, far beyond, far beyond my ability to even imagine. And according to the Psalms that we read, uh, he knows every thought of our hearts. He knows our actions and our habits. And uh, so today, uh, Lord, I just want to ask you, Lord, to guide us with your wisdom and empower us and uh, to guide our hearts to just set our minds, um, whatever is godly, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is honorable, Lord, to set our hearts on, uh, on what's above, God. Um, guide us to, to love and serve the people around us so that when you see every thought and every deed in us, it may bring joy to your heart. Lord God, thank you for loving us and help us and allow us to fall deeper in love with you. In Jesus' name I pray. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. So Psalm 139, verses 7 to 12 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day the darkness is as a light to you. What is the answer to the psalmist's question in verse 7? Where can I go from your presence, from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? How can you run away from the one who's everywhere present? How can you hide from the one who is omniscient, who knows everything? There's no way. Why did Adam and Eve try to hide. They'd broken the only command they had and they'd broken it and so they tried to hide. They couldn't hide. Why did Jonah run the opposite way? Because he didn't want to do what God was calling him to do. But it was useless. It was futile. And we can't get away. And there's something incredibly beautiful in the last part of this segment. That even the darkness, not just physical darkness, even the darkness, the emotional and spiritual darkness sometimes that we walk through, even that is not dark to him. And he's there. 
and he is watching and he is waiting patiently to shine his light into our lives. The next song we're about to sing is called King of Kings. It's about how lost we as humans are, but how God's grace will surpass all of that. We can't run away and we can't hide. There is no place where his love will not reach us. If you want to know just how far his love will go for us, the next song expresses it beautifully. From the glorious throne of heaven to a cradle in the dirt. Without hope, without light, there were many 
How can it be that you, the majestic Lord of eternity, would bend down and extend your hand to guide me, and hold me even when I have wandered into darkness? How could it be that in my darkest moments you do not turn away? Lord, no matter how far I have run, you are there. No matter how what I have done, you are calling my name and guiding my paths. How can it be, Lord? Uh, today we're going to try something new, guys. Um, if it's okay that we group ourselves in two to three people and just take two to three minutes to just pray for people that you know that are that are living in the darkness, that are in sin, and um, or uh, yeah, maybe it's even you and you need to just confess it to someone that you need to get out of that darkness and let let there be healing and restoring of our relationship with Christ in the, today in here. You know, like it says in James five sixteen, it says. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, man avails much. And, um, yeah, if, you know, we're not perfect. Some of us are always falling, and that's our job to help our brothers to, um, to stand again in the faith, right? And so, uh, yeah, let's just take two to three minutes to just pray for people we know that really needs our prayer and for... Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one, God of glory, majesty, praise forever to the King of Psalm 139, 13 through 18. For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully, skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. This portion of the psalm describes God as both the weaver and the watcher. He wove us together. He's watching over the process. And so we see that God is intimately involved and attentively supervising the entire process of our coming to be, conception and birth. And then on top of that, in spite of all of our frightening fragility, because we're fearfully and fearfully and wonderfully made, and all that complexity, he is the one who designed our DNA. He is the one who determines our days and our destiny. 
And, you know, you might look at those verses and think, we're just robots. We're just living out our pre-programmed, pre-programming. But, you know, there's a huge difference between robots and humans. Robots can obey, but they can't love. Humans can love, but they often don't obey. <laughs> right? There's a big, big difference between humans and robots. But when we humans respond to this incredible love that God has for us, we find our whole reason for existence. We become what we were created to be. Um, so the next song that we're going to sing is called Goodness of God. Um, it's It leans towards the newer side, but I know a few of you will be uh, really familiar with it. Um, it's a really simple song, and it, it truly just is, talks about the goodness of God and how um, how even in like those tough situations and in hard times and in valleys that God is with us through it all. He's never le left us or forsaken us, but he's carrying us through and he's... Uh, He's guiding us towards um, the joys and riches of life. And so uh, let's uh, worship together.
how can it be that you care so much? So much that your infinite love was thinking of me even before I existed. That before I was conceived, you, the sovereign Lord over everything, had already designed my DNA, my days, and my destiny. And how can it be that you never stop thinking about me? And there's never a moment when you're not there. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for those words of assurance. We cannot always understand it all, Father. Our finite minds cannot grasp that reality, God, that even before we existed, you knew us. You spoke us into being. It was your desire and your will that we be born, God. And every step of that way, oh God, you continue to be very much a part of our lives as you planned our lives. We are not robots, yet we recognize, God, that we cannot exist without you. For you indeed sustain us. And Father, your thoughts for us are precious, Father, and beyond measure, God. We cannot understand all the thoughts you have about us day after day, week after week, year after year. From beginning of our lives to the end, Father, you are always thinking of us. And so, Father, our hearts burst with gratitude. We say thank you, Father. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for being there. Thank you for being our God. And so, Father, we give ourselves to you. We truly give ourselves to you. Because without you, we are nothing. We say thank you, God, for loving us. What great and mighty truths we're hearing here today, and it will pay us great dividends if we take a moment to stop and meditate on the things that we're hearing, is that God has been so intimate in our very creation and making each of us who we are, but also in establishing our paths and our days and preparing good works for us to do. So we invite you to pause for a moment and meditate on these things that we've heard so far. Please take a moment, consider what it means for God to be so involved with your origins and our lives even now. Psalms 139, 19 to 24. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Amen. Why are verses 19 through 22 in this incredible psalm? We get these amazing truths about God's incomprehensible love, and then you get this jump. Enemies and problems and people that I'm going to hate because they hate God. I mean, whoa, what's going on here? You know what? 
the truth is we have to learn to live in the love of God in that world. That world of problems and problematic people. But now we can't follow the psalmist's example, can we? Jesus said, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who mistreat you. So the psalmist, he didn't have all that we have at this point. But yet even his, this, this part speaks so truthfully into the world that we live in. Because you know what? Jesus didn't just teach us how to respond in the best way to enemies. He came into our world of hatred and pain and gave himself on the cross to lead us and take us out of those ways of pain and put us into his way of eternity. We are going to sing a, a hymn called The Wonderful Cross. And those verses are in that psalm. So we can know there's a need for a cross. There's a need for a savior. The Old Testament, we see that there was a sacrifice the Day of Atonement, year after year, for the Israelites. Then Jesus came. He was the perfect sacrifice, complete sacrifice. He's the one that the Father says, I'm satisfied, because he gave his life. Perfect, sinless man for the sins of the world. And when Jesus said it is finished, he meant that. The price has been paid. And we now who look to the cross, we who embrace the cross, we who embrace that love of Christ, that faith, we too are set free. And we too can walk with our heads held high in spite of all the hardships and times of times and sin that is wrong us. We know that through the cross, we are accepted by the Father. So stand with us and let's sing the wonderful cross.
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, how can it be that your inexhaustible love is not diminished, even by our fallen nature, and that you invite us to bring these strange offerings of pain, fear, and hatred? How can it be that you, the exalted one, would humble himself or humble yourself to meet us in the midst of our ways of pain and go to the cross so that you might lead us out into your way of eternity? God, thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. When we are at our lowest points and have turned our back on you completely, you are still there with outstretched arms. Thank you for your cross and the mercy that it carries. We love you a lot. In Jesus' name, amen. And as we are nearing the close, let us all take a moment of private uh, in invitation and ask God to search our hearts. Ask God to search our minds, our souls, and yield um, whatever he's putting on your heart to him so that the rest of the day can be a day of worship. Um, so take a moment, two to three minutes of private time with God uh, and pray for those things. look back over the path by which we've come in these last in these minutes together first six verses of this psalm showed us the incomprehensible love of the all-knowing one and the psalmist finishes it saying it's beyond my ability to understand this I can't understand this and then that next section about where can I go and where can I hide it shows us the illimitable love of the ever-present one. Bless his name. There is no place where we can go. There is no place where we can hide. Sometimes we want to, right? But there is none, and it is to our eternal benefit and blessing that that is true. The third section, that amazing part in the middle the infinite love of the absolutely, absolute sovereign one. You know, if God designed our DNA, set our destiny, and determined our days, it just makes sense to live out our days according to his design, doesn't it? And nothing else makes sense except for that. And then that last section where the, the little hiccup comes in, 19 to 24, the inexhaustible love of the exalted one who humbled himself and gave himself on the cross. We added that part, of course, as we link the New Testament to the old. But we all have ways of pain, don't we? We all do. And we live with people sometimes that drag us into their ways of pain. And that's what the psalmist said. God, search me again. He started off saying, Sir, you've already searched me. He said that at the very beginning. And at the end, he says, search me again. And know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be a way of pain in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. And that's exactly what the Lord Jesus is here to do. Exactly what he is here to do. To lead us out of our ways of pain. 
and into his way of the everlasting life. So how can it be? How many times have we said, how can it be? In this amazing, amazing psalm. Just a little quick word of testimony. Have you ever had a scripture to just take hold of you and never let you go? Well, that's what Psalm 139 has been doing for me for over a year. I go back to it all the time and I end up like this, blubbering. <laughs> every t- just about every time I go back to it because it's just like the psalmist said, it is such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I cannot attain to it. This is just too much. I mean, you could build a whole systematic theology on what's in that one psalm, couldn't you? But what's greater than all that other attribute stuff is the love. That's what's the most amazing, beyond amazing thing about the whole psalm. It, why? Yeah, he can do all that, but why would he do it? Why would he care that much? Why would he be that intimately involved in, from before our beginning to the end? Why? How incredible, beyond comprehension, is the love that God has for us. And so this psalm shows us that the omnipotent God loves you and me with a love that is inexhaustible. That the infinite God loves you and me with a love that is limitless. Limitless. Inexhaustible and limitless. And boy, we need that sometimes. We really do. So how could it be that you and I wouldn't respond to these truths with anything less than our worship and the offering of ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him? Offering ourselves to him who loves us beyond our comprehension. Stand up and let's sing one more chorus as we close out this morning. There's a neat little connection this morning in this particular chorus because Devin and I had learned it years ago, but it became absolutely precious to us on the island of Barbados, where Clifford is from. We were in a worship service in a church there where the pastor just kept going back to it, going back, and, and it just rooted in our hearts. This, and this, song, this chorus says beautifully what we've been saying this morning. Okay, sorry, let's try again. <laughs>
Yeah.